Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore, and we are going to talk about a movie called The Blair Witch Project. Hell yeah. Dylan, have you ever been stranded in the woods or haunted by witches? Neither, but I've been camping in the woods, but I have not been hunted by a witch. Well, uh, (laughs) that's good news. Yes. I'm glad your camping didn't turn into a horror movie. <laughs> Before we get to the bottom of the, the Blair Witch Project, should we talk about some other flims? What are you watching? Yes. So the first one, did a rewatch of Grindhouse, Planet Terror and Death Proof put together. Classic. Uh, that's a fun watch, man. Planet Terror is just a gory, fun zombie movie that moves really quickly. And then Death Proof is something special to me. I like yeah. Death Proof a lot. I like Death Proof a lot, too. I think that movie yeah. is very fun. Yes, very, very fun. Great soundtrack. Uh, and all the fake trailers are fun to watch, too. I think that might have been the movie where I really, really fell in love with Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it might be for me, too. Even yeah. though the thing is awesome, but he gives a hell of a performance in Death Proof. Yeah, and it's just like great funny moments from him. Totally. Yeah, and it's that thing that Tarantino's so good at of, of sort of like, oh, here is your persona that we've all known about, but nobody's really put their thumb on. Let's dial that thing up. And mm-hmm. man, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh can't talk highly enough about that one. And then uh went and saw Dune. Dune Dune was pretty fucking cool. I really like Dune a lot. Mm-hmm. It was uh, just a majestical piece to marvel at. It, just uh, a, a ride, man. Just a gorgeous looking fucking mm-hmm. thrill ride. It's a blast. Absolutely. My only problem is, and it's with every science fiction movie, <laughs> is the dialogue. Like, it's just basic, standard sci-fi dialogue. There's nothing. It's very expositional heavy, too. But, uh, that 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 that's fine because i don't know shit about dune like i've seen lynch's version i know the basic stuff okay but you're not a good job of putting me someone who's a very basic person in the the lore of dune into the story totally makes me want to learn more i don't think i'll ever read the books just because science fiction novels are not my bag either Fair enough. The, the books, I've, um, I'm also not like a big Dune dude, um, and the books are long, and the text is very, I, you know, I'm struggling to find the word. It's a lot of people talking about what people are thinking about and the uh-huh. mechanization. So here, you know, the <laughs> movie is just like really stripped it down to the plot, and the book is so much more about the theme, you know? Yeah. I think where he's succeeded, Villeneuve, is um, casting a little bit of the theme into this movie, which actually comes through the dialogue. I was a little impressed how literal the dialogue translations are here. Uh-huh. Very literal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is basically lifting passages directly out of the book. But yeah, the language I, think that's, I think that's why my buddy, who's a huge fan of the book... And Denis is his favorite director of all time. He was actually really disappointed with Dune. Oh, really? Yeah, he just thought it was, uh, uh, it didn't have the themes. Like, it was just story, 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 quick, quick. Let's get to the next thing, quick. Big spectacle. It it didn't have the themes like Blade Runner 49 had, or 2049 had for him. Sure. I... But Wonder... I think that I think that was smart of Denis though, because he made that that uh, contemplative piece with Blade Runner, and Dune is supposed to be not that for him. He said going in, "I want to make a big action spectacle. I don't need to make the theme movie here." And he's killing it in that regard. I mean, it is just like an incredible spectacle, which Blade Runner twenty forty nine was as well. It's a gorgeous movie on its own right, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. and. It, like you said, does convey a lot of the themes. I wonder if Dune, the themes in Dune would be really, really difficult to bring to screen 
or even to stage. It is, it's very much about, you know, mental chess and the machinations of the mind. I mean, it, it does hit on the nose what it, like, fucking war, imperialism, um, uh, capitalism, and trying to garner, or to garner, is that a word? To garner? It is a word. Huh, am I using it in the right sentence by saying to garner the spice for reproduction? I maybe wouldn't use it that way personally, but let's go with it for today. Okay, fuck it, keep it. I don't know why that came out of my mouth like that. Yeah, the Atreides are out there garnering spice, man. <laughs> Sorry, I have to look up the definition of garner. Yeah, gather or collect. Boom, it does work in that fucking... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I'm more used to it in terms of, like, um, less tangible things. So you might garner, like, favor or... Gotcha. Influence, you know? Gotcha, but to, like, okay. Actually, <laughs> I wouldn't garner my socks up off of the floor. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm being a nerd about it, but that, I, I, I gotcha. Um, so, yeah, Dune, fucking... it needs to be seen on the big screen it was the imax oh my god oh, oh my god it was so beautiful uh and then the last one is the french dispatch wes anderson oh cool how was it thoroughly enjoyed it i don't yeah. think wes anderson has a bad movie i love all of his movies there i go to see his movies because i'd love to see that style yeah. so when he makes a new movie every two or three years pff, count me in i don't give a fuck what it's gonna be I want yeah. to see that style from Wes Anderson, always. Uh, and it, it, this is definitely not like the greatest of his movies, but it's solidly funny. Adrian Brody fucking crushes it in his story. He is so funny, man. I cannot speak highly enough about him in this movie. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I love a Wes Anderson. <clears throat> definitely. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he's made a bad movie. There's maybe one or two that I don't necessarily want to revisit, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, should well, we talk probably, about the <laughs> probably Moonrise Kingdom for you? No, I love Moonrise. Um... That, I think that's my. I was actually I was just saying this the other day uh, since we brought it up. Moonrise is maybe my favorite Wes Anderson because I think it's. I, I think it's sort of a, of a piece with Rushmore. I mean, they're all of a piece, right? But there's this very specific sort of school arc. And the kid from Moonrise could really easily go on to become the kid from Rushmore and could really yeah, easily yeah, yeah. go on to become Wes Anderson. You know, um, obviously his films are autobiographical. That's not a revelation. But the, the fact that that's very directly about what I assume is the childhood that he had speaks to me and i also am a big fan of his sort of mechanical movies so like zisu is high on my list i love the um the animated ones you know the uh, fantastic mr fox and isle of dogs mm -hmm. i love gadgety filmmaking and so the stuff in moonrise is so cool <laughs> you know it's so much fun when those set pieces go off they're just great man i agree uh, and uh, yeah, the, the, I like, I, I, whatever, I could go on about it. So I like Moonrise Kingdom an awful lot. I <clears throat> uh, am not a huge fan of the Darjeeling Limited. Oh man, I've rewatched that multiple times last year. I, it's grown more in my book. There is some really funny, smart, snappy dialogue in that movie. And I think Owen Wilson gives his best performance in that movie. He is. And Adrian Brody too. They're both so good. There's so many. Maybe give it a rewatch because it is, it's grown really high in my book. I really like where it ends up. You know, I just I'll have to rewatch it because somewhere along the line, I lose patience with these guys and the sort of overt shedding of the baggage thing. By the time that happens, I'm just like, all right, that's we got credits. Can we get to the? It's, that's funny that you say that because Wes Anderson is like it was just them losing their luggage to beat the train like yeah cool they're throwing their dad's luggage but they're gonna be lose their train that's why they're doing it it's in the commentary uh-huh sure, <laughs> Wes yeah that's, so do you uh, like real Tannenbaums too though I, yeah I like Tannenbaums an awful lot that's the best one I might be yeah that's my favorite it doesn't fully have 
the style there like it's there like it's the beginning kind of stages of it like the really locked off cameras and the quick pans and all that stuff Rushmore has it too but Rushmore also feels more like a 90s indie movie it doesn't quite have his style yet yeah uh and Royal Tenenbaums is like a mixture of the 90s style of his and what he is going to become and it just works so perfectly for me and I think everyone in that movie gives just solid performances it's been a tough year it's been had a really rough year dad it's one of the best lines in the movie that's one of the best lines in movie history very true what else is that that's what you got that's what I got oh my let me see what I got holy heck I'm sure there's others that I didn't put down but eh, those are the three ones that I was like oh I love these yeah nice one I got a couple I can talk about I watched oh we we brought up the thing earlier we were talking about Kurt Russell Mm -hmm. I watched the thing from another world oh have you seen that one I have not seen that one watch it okay yeah, yeah, it's it's really really pretty good. Um, I want to, uh, oh Jesus, I want to say Howard Hawks, but I don't think that's right. Um, but the guy who wrote the script is a great filmmaker, and it shows. Uh, that wrote the script, you said? Yeah. Oh man, they didn't pop him up as one of the first things. That's dumb. <laughs> uh, oh, I just saw it too. It's a uh, Charles letter john w campbell jr is the story it's based on and howard hawks does have an uncredited right yeah i think howard hawks wrote some of that script or yep. a lot of that script um maybe i don't i sort of remember him being credited on the copy that i watched but what do i know it just says on imdb that he's uncredited he could be mentioned in the movie's credits though yeah fair enough um yeah, it's totally worth watching. I really am a fan of Howard Hawks, it turns out. You know, when you go back and remember in film school when you had to watch all of those movies and like, ah, what, what's the point of these things? And so many of them you've like moved beyond or it's like, yeah, I, I get it. I, I see why this is important, but. There's a lot of visual stuff to learn from back then. The way they were just thinking outside the box to move the camera in the 20s and 30s. Sure, and he, I mean, his career extends far beyond the 70s yeah yeah um but my point is i think maybe we can all relate to the experience of like ah but this movie's fucking boring and his just never are they're all Uh very 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 entertaining films you know i i think i've talked about gentlemen preferred blondes recently and kind of some of the surprises that i saw in there and uh anyways i don't need to go on about howard hawks this is a 90s podcast (laughs) He was born in 1990, dude. Oh, right, right, right. Only 90s filmmakers will... uh, Never mind. So I caught up on a couple of Cronenbergs that I had not seen before. Ooh, which ones? The Brood was the first one. Dope. Real dope. Yeah, dude. (laughs) That, uh, uh, he made that movie because he was going through a really terrible divorce <laughs> yeah that tracks yeah yes it tracks man that the brood's awesome i actually want to rewatch that soon it's on hbo i think i remember you know i i've ranted about this elsewhere but the great thing about horror is sort of externalizing your internal traumas and uh tumults right and i was mm-hmm. in a room once and i remember pitching a horror script that i was working on and it was full tilt, you know, about something that it was not. Actually, it ended up being the short that you and I worked on at the restaurant. Uh-huh. I was pitching a version of that. So imagine the like insane version of what we shot. <laughs> I just remember it was like the scene in the fucking producers, man, looking up from the table and people's faces were just like, you can't make that movie. <laughs> I was just like, David Cronenberg, you found a fan. I really am impressed with just how willing to go nuts, you know? And also, it's uh, fucking effective. I will never look at solid color snowsuits the same way again. 
What and was the second? It was Videodrome, which I think I'd seen maybe half of at some point because there was sort of like, oh yeah. And then by the end of it, I was like, what the fuck is this movie? You know? Mm-hmm. That's really, a good one. God damn, is that a great film? Ooh, yeah. If I had to choose Videodrome or The Brood. I, I mean, the it's sort of two lanes where The Brood is just like a good classic tale, right? Uh-huh. It's always going to work. It's really well executed. Solid, solid, solid. The thing about Videodrome that's really interesting about so many 80s movies and so many filmmakers that were working at that time is like touching the tentacles of technology and understanding how far reaching it was going to become, but not understanding what the, like, the physical and tactile nature of that technology would be. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy mishmash of like, ah, this doesn't look right. And yet it is just exactly pitch perfect on for the way that people behave, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> All right, I got two more I'll talk about. It's a double feature, an original and a remake. Oh, yeah. The People's Cat. Have you ever seen Cat People? <laughs> For a second, The People's Cat. I was going to say no, but I've heard of Cat People. Uh, so you watched the one from way back in the day, like the yeah, 50s? 42-ish, like I think. 42. And then you watched the one from Paul Schrader. That's right. Paul Schrader's one is fucking awesome, dude. Fucking awesome. <laughs> it's something, man. Watch the back to back. What a bananas movie. That movie is like <laughs> pants on, banana pants on fire crazy. Uh-huh. And you get that badass David Bowie theme song. <laughs> yeah, and it also closes the credits all, as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's intense, man. Terrence Malick in the desert were red washed uh, and dude that it I remember when I first saw that movie I was like whoa this movie is going to some crazy places I wasn't expecting and uh I just want to say Terrence or that's right Malcolm, Terrence um, wait McDowell? oh Terrence damn it McDowell. I always get it wrong Malcolm McDowell Terrence fuck me god damn it <laughs> I literally always get it wrong. I know because I start I start questioning Malcolm McDowell. It's Malcolm it's McDowell. McDowell. Yes. It's Malcolm McDowell. Uh is fucking flawless. He's so good. And John Hurt. John Hurt is really good in this movie too. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon me. Malcolm McDowell is one of those guys. We were kind of talking about it with um uh Yelchin a while back. Mm-hmm. And like you see him on screen and you have to assume he's like the best actor in the history of acting because he is a lot to behold face-wise, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, it's a very, he looks like a statue. Like his face is just like, has so many features to it. He looks like a loaf of bread that somebody has been squeezing angrily. Hmm. You know, like if like if somebody was on their way to the whole home white thing, bread, just yes. <laughs> yes, yes. That's very funny. He's a damn fine actor. Um, the original Cat People is really good, also. I would recommend a watch. The thing that is interesting about them in stark opposition is <laughs> you know, go figure Paul Schrader made a movie about a bunch of dudes that's a remake of a very female-centric film. And the original is is about the cat woman, right? And the dude's sort of like, uh, what the fuck is happening here? And there's an element of that, but they have to introduce a whole bunch of other characters in the remake. And I don't know, they both, uh, I really enjoyed them both, but they're interesting contrasts. Did you watch the sequel to the original Cat People? Like the curse of the cat people? No. Yeah, no, I've never seen it either, but I was just curious. I should should give it a look. Yeah, it's only an hour and ten minutes. And it actually has a very high rating. Oh, I want to watch it now. These cat peoples, I'm telling you. These cat peoples, man. I'm also, just since we're drawn to a, a close here, having so much fun watching these classic horror movies. Because 
they're good. And I, I'll, I'll talk about one other series of films because I actually haven't quite finished them yet. I have one more Underworld movie to go. Okay. And they're terrible. You know, they're just like such a boring slog. Oh, yeah. I've never cared for them. I've only seen the first one and just never liked it. They only get worse from there, man. And there's sort of peaks and valleys a little bit throughout. <laughs> but no, they're just like, they have the terrible blue thing. And they're too interested in mythology. And watching these old movies, like I said, I, I'm into gadgety movies. So it's just been fun watching people put something spooky on film. Mm. And uh, watch, watch old movies, folks. That's what I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. let's start talking about the Blair Witch Project. Oh, please, man. I, I want to start with a game. With the game? Yep. Just okay. a little, little game to warm us up because 1999 obviously is the year of this film along with a few others that we've talked about recently and a legendary year for cinema, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's right, baby. So just top of your head is the Blair Witch Project a better or worse movie than these other horror movies from 1999? Oh, okay. Okay, number one, The Astronaut's Wife. Mm, I don't really consider that movie a horror. That's more like a psychological alien thriller. Yeah, like a space thriller. Yeah, it, but like I remember not like hating that movie, but I want to say Blair Witch is still way better. Way better is the correct answer. I remember hating The Astronaut's really? Wife. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't even tell you anything. Uh, I saw it one time as a kid. I don't have a lot of patience for movies where nothing happens for a long time. Yeah. Candyman, Day of the Dead. That's the third one? Yeah. The, yeah. Blair Witch, for sure. <laughs> okay, but The Rage, Carrie 2? Oh, ho, 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 ho. Um, put, put those two as a double feature for a midnight screening. Interesting. I, for me, I think the Blair Witch is a better movie, but I probably would watch The Rage okay. 2 again yes. before I would watch The Blair Witch Project. Again. I will say that, yes. Blair Witch is a better movie. But The Rage Carry 2 does something just so right for me. I don't know why. There's like a couple of things that are kind of dumb about it. Like we've gone over them, but... <laughs> It does so much so right for me. I think it's a terrifying fucking story of those high school jocks uh, tallying up how many chicks they fuck and just trying to move on to the next one. And then it all incorporates to this girl in her uh, pubescent psychological powers. Yeah, I think it works too. For me, it works more on the sort of midnight movie energy. Uh, yeah, I think Blair Witch though is a midnight movie all day, every day. I and there's so much there. Okay, we're gonna get into it. How about the haunting? Uh, I used to like it a lot as a kid, but as an adult, I've never watched it since I was like 18 because I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> I realized on reading this one that I have never actually seen it. It's really dumb and it has like really bad early CGI. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, how about the house on Haunted Hill? I do like that remake. I like <laughs> that remake. I do too, but it's got dumb energy oozing Absolutely. out of it. Absolutely. But you got Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> it's well modulated. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck did they get Jeffrey Rush? Jeffrey Rush, how the, the real question is, how the fuck did Jeffrey Rush not succeed as heir apparent to Vincent Price and make 10,000 uh-huh. Uh -huh. If if Jeffrey Rush had spent his career just remaking every Vincent Price movie, that would be great. I Give would yes. more, man. Yes. He's I doing mean, a he, solid disservice. He did go on to just do Barbosa for a while. Like and he lived in Barbosa for a minute. All right. Well, that's something. That's something. But uh, it's odd to say that Jeffrey Rush and Chris Kattan are in a movie together. Yeah. That happened. That yeah, sure did happen. Don't forget Allie Larder. And Allie Larder and Tay Diggs. 
from Mika Jensen, if I'm not mistaken, was it? Okay, so for me, it's House on Haunted Hill, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah, now that we've talked about it. How about Idle Hands? Fuck me. Different types of movie. Idle Hands doesn't scare me. It makes me laugh and have a good time. Blair Witch truly, like, I think it's also a nostalgic thing because, like, I remember seeing this in theaters and, like, I, the first thing I remember hearing about the Blair Witch was I was in the theater, not for the movie, but I was seeing something else and we were leaving and I just heard it was probably one of the scenes where they're like screaming Help me! <laughs> yeah. i just hear that loudly throughout the theater i'm like whoa what the fuck's playing in there and i look and it's the blair witch project i'm like dad we gotta go see that he's like okay yeah maybe we'll go see it next weekend fucking went blew my mind scared the shit out of me as a kid i love this movie so much so blair witch <laughs> all right um how old were you at that point uh it was fourth grade so like nine yeah awesome. eight or nine your dad rules what about lake placid <laughs> blair witch all day but i will say lake placid is one funny fucking movie i yeah like uh blair witch is a oh man half of lake placid is like perfect you know and then half of it's a little unwieldy. I think half of that movie knows that it's a B movie and the other half of it thinks that they're trying to make a blockbuster, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. And if, if they leaned a little more towards B movie, it would just be perfecto. Uh, what about Ravenous? Um, not the biggest fan of that movie. It looks cool though. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. Just not one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. I don't love it either. Um, Sleepy Hollow? Love it. Stigmata. Love it. I have the Mylar hanging up over there next to the Rage Carry, too. That's <laughs> wild, Dylan. Yeah, dude, it's right there. I don't know if you can see it. Hang on. Stigmata. Yeah, it sure is. Rage Carry, too. Wow. I'm hitting some, hitting some soft spots for you. I, where's your Stir of Echoes poster? I don't have the Cervex. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, last two. Do you remember that The Sixth Sense also came out this year? Uh -huh. Yes, I do. Which one's better, though? Different. That both movies that I do truly love. Uh, I'm still going to go with Blair Witch. Wild. Whoa. Chaos choice. It's The Sixth Sense, and it's like not even close. The Sixth Sense is borderline oh i i mean the blair witch has some stuff blair witch project has some stuff going for it that i want to get into here but i the sixth sense is like some of the sixth. greatest performances one of the I, I, you're right yeah you're you are right i i love it the other thing is that the sixth sense this opens up a conversation maybe we'll just get into it here um about the found footage as a genre and the thing that the sixth sense has going for it is filmmaking uh -huh. and yes, yes. there That's, are some you are right yes absolutely there I'm are some points in this movie that. where i'm like all right i've been watching them circle around in the woods for 40 minutes now and they you know you can't see shit because it's just them shaking the camera around and it's the movie is very very good i like it a lot and by the end i'm really like upset you know what i mean like thinking about my family and wanting to be close to them uh, this is a very accomplished piece of filmmaking but it struggles to make 80 minutes this movie is 80 minutes long and it needs to be about 20 minutes shorter seriously oh no i think it's the perfect length i i love the feel of it they cut it from 20 hours to an hour to like, I think the original cut was two and a half hours. And then they cut it down to an hour and 20 for Sundance. I'm curious to see the longer cut of it because- Yeah, I am too. Like what's in there? The thing that I think this movie does better than any other found footage horror movie is exploring sort of like group delusion and the descent into madness and like the power the power of fear itself there is clearly something going on in the woods right but these people the biggest problem is that they're losing it 
And yeah. so many movies try to do that and push it a little too hard or don't do it well enough. I, I don't know, maybe a little bit more breathing room on some of that stuff if it had been a little more tonal, although I was just decrying my hatred of movies where nothing happens for a okay. long time. Yeah, but like I love what the Blair Witch does in the beginning with setting up the town of Burkittsville and giving the fake townspeople to give like super effective that little girl that covers the mom's mouth like that that wasn't that did that just happened that it's so good that baby deserved the best supporting nah man that was incredible uh have the exact same note I like that eerie feeling of learning about something that you don't know. Like them telling you the story of uh, uh, Rustin Parr, uh, the dude that lured all the kids out to his house to murder them. It's just like, oh shit, that's fucking creepy. This feels very real. Uh, mm-hmm. For being a, uh, uh, what's the right word? A supernatural found footage horror. Sure. But I and I think where this movie really succeeds is that you never see anything. Uh, it's more terrifying. Uh, the shot, the the one time you were supposed to see something, uh, was when they uh, they run out of the tent and it's just filming her back as they're running through the woods. She's like, "What the fuck is that?" Right. It, That's the when the guy up. was supposed to turn to the left. And the art director is like dressed up in like all white stockings and he's just creeping behind some some trees. But the camera dude forgot to turn and film that. So uh, it just, it ended up working out the other way. That tracks, that moment feels jarring to me and not in a way that feels super purposeful. But I'm being a little little hard on it because there's that dip to black we have a few seconds and then we come back up and it's and it's like it's the midpoint of the movie we're fucking running through the middle of the woods at that point and things have picked up significantly but we have no context for why they're running what has happened to them which feels oh, it's because they were get, the the hands were pushing in on their tent and shaking them and they were like what the fuck what the fuck and they're like get the fuck out of here and they just ran they wanted to get out of the tent because the tent was shaking on them I which remember- was the director and the uh the directors and the art director that just like said all right guys go to sleep and let them go to sleep and then like, just came up and started shaking them oh, i love that shit yeah no they they went for it and you see the tent shaking maybe it's a, an intense wind or you know no no because um, you can see the handprints come through the like the felt of when i guess i i guess i missed that i'm sorry no they're cool fair enough um so like the little kids like the the, the little right the bloody handprint one. thing uh-huh. yeah yeah fair enough um it, but it does feel a little bit jarring and it left me feeling a little bit like it was lacking some scope and sort of like, wow, that's a, co- you know, it's a great choice for zero budget. Let's just fucking go. Cause you're right there as an audience. It's a, you know, strong argument for what is the, the Kuleshov effect. We've talked about this before, but like yeah, just the fact that we're editing people running makes you go, fuck, fuck, fuck. And the complete lack of context is, is pretty successful. I think the most, the place where it's most successful is that last shot where they find the motherfucker and he's just standing in the corner. He yeah. won't respond to him. Cut but he's, black. he's hiding in the corner, or not hiding. He's in the corner because Rustin Parr would make the little children turn away from him as he would kill the other one. Right. And so the friend turning there is him killing Heather. Yeah, the mythology stuff is good. It the is, fact it that is. we just end on this sort of sparse, sparse image, I think, is super effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I like I, I love the way this movie was made. Like just the fact that they got these three never heard of actors, told them this is a highly improvised movie. It's only a thirty-page script with the details of where we're going with it 
And then they truly just put them into the woods. They gave them a GPS locator so that they can know where to find the next roll of film uh, for them. They would leave it in like a bag and in the bag would be the uh, in the film can would be the next note for where they need to go for the day. And just, I don't know, it just seems like a, a very freeing filmmaking exercise because like those directors don't know what they're getting, but they're genuinely entrusting these actors to film their movie for them. Yeah, and really. it, it turned out way better than it could have. Like it could have gone, it could have been a waste of $750,000. I mean, I, I think even if this movie doesn't succeed the way it does, it was gonna make some money. It is, it's, it's good, you know? Yeah, no, they said, like, uh, they had no idea that they would get a, like a feature film distribution uh, deal for, uh, from it. But they're like, hopefully it would just go to like the sci-fi channel or something, just like a random found footage TV horror movie. Cause they were so obsessed with, they found uh, found footage supernatural horror movies more terrifying than actual horror movies, uh, which is that's right here on the uh, the Wikipedia page. I think that says something so specific about the time because mm -hmm. I certainly felt that way at that point also, um, and sort of like the nascent days of the internet where you're like look at this video of an alien in the here signs has that moment too where it's like oh yeah. here's this little you totally. know that stuff is so exciting and so titillating and it, it's yeah their it's, whole internet advertising thing for blair which was was genius yeah the, really smart stuff the filmmaking the marketing all of it really really clever really really well executed um the kind of thing that you see that they kind of keep trying to do but you can only really pull that off once right it's hard, man. Yeah, like they tried to, they, I guess, obviously, being a kid, I was a fool. Uh, I didn't, when I saw this in theaters, I did think it was, it was real. But as soon as I bought it on VHS and like saw all the credits, I'm like, this is a movie. It's not real. Right. So people still get duped, though, by that type of shit. Like my, I had a fucking, my buddy's so dumb. He fucking. <laughs> He straight up thought that movie Apollo 18, that found footage <laughs> fucking astronaut movie was really, he's like, dude, there was like this whole like secret conference in like a bathroom. They handed the film under the, the stall. I'm like, that's bullshit. What? <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You believe this? This is a friend of yours. Yeah, Currently. he also thought Paranormal Activity was real. Well, Paranormal Activity is real. No, sorry. It's not. What? It's not. They're actors. Oh my god! Uh, the other they made four more movies with that girl playing a possessed demon. <laughs> <laughs> also, very successful found footage movie. I <sighs> like those. The um, the first one and the third one. Those ones are fine. Yeah, they're yeah. I'd have to like actually look at the numbers and see kind of which which ones are the ones. But I think the second one is the one that just had nothing happening like like you said there's like there's so many shots of the pool like they just keep showing yeah. nothing in this home footage or security but footage that one has a dog so i like it i don't even remember a dog yeah that one's about the dog more than like what's going on with the the gimmicks or anyways um circling huh. back to this movie and a point that you made about the methodology of it one of the scenes that really stood out to me is when they're sort of breaking down about Heather still making a movie. Uh -huh. And he's screaming at her about like, this is your motivation. You've been out here all day and you're afraid. And I just took a moment to sit back and be like, I think he's talking to her as an actor right now. Probably. And it serves this part of the movie pretty well <laughs> in the moment, but it does feel like an actor talking to another actor about, or like their scene partner, trying to get prepared for the intensity of the moment they have to deliver, you know? Yeah, and I wonder if it was a smart choice of them to keep their actual names. I think so. I mean, I think given the context of what you're talking about. Yeah, I feel like I've nothing here. And like one other thing. 
She was in Boys and Girls. She was. Let's. Should we talk oh, about? She was in. It's always sunny. That's right. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, of. Okay. She was in an episode of Sunny, and then Joshua Leonard uh, was in Lynn Ramsey's movie with Mark Duplass, um, Hump Day. That's a good one. Okay. Right on. Yeah, the performances are good. It does. The arcs feel a little. I don't want to say hacky, you know, but like cliche, very cliche. Yeah. yeah. You get yeah. the one friend that goes missing first. They all, I mean, and even them, the, the two guys are what it like, they do kind of gang up on Heather though, but Heather did say to entrust her. Right. And she's like clearly very lost and <laughs> lying to them about how lost she is. They're right to be mad at her. And it's a good conflict and it, you know, it ratchets up the tension. The problem that I have is that the movie spends like 25 minutes there before they even lose the map. And I think if this movie had been written, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you lose some of that bullshit where it's just actors yelling at each other and include a little more physical barrier and obstacle kind of stuff. So just the course of the nights is enough to ramp up the tension and the witch getting progressively closer. That's uh -huh. good enough, man. That's fucking scary. Absolutely. The fact that we have actors writing the script and not writers writing the script means that most of the time is not spent on theme or even plot progression. It's just kind of line delivery. and. Uh -huh. I, it, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it suffers for that, but it's uh, inherent in the way that this movie was made. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I want to. And so, sorry, I just want to say one more thing because at one point, like they, she's, they say something like, you know, oh, it's so hard to go missing in America these days, and it's too early for it to be reassuring. Like later on, they say a lot of stuff. It's like clearly they have tears in their eyes. I'm like, no, we're going to get out of this. But at that point, it's like- We as an audience know they don't get out of it from the beginning because of the text. Right, but so they as actors at that point don't know that. They're either making a joke or they believe it. Gotcha. Not sold as a joke and it's a really stupid thing to believe. So where do, you know, and then we don't get, I mean, maybe that is Heather's choice is just, she just believes we can't be lost. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, move on from that point. What were you saying, sir? Oh, I was just gonna give a shout out to Pat Patricia Decoux, who played Mary Brown, that creepy woman that lived in the the trailer park. That they really good, really good. <laughs> She's only acted in this one thing, and fucking, <laughs> she crushed it. <laughs> yeah, no, she's incredible. Perfect. Um, yep. Uh, that's uh really it for me. Okay. I have just like one or two more things. I was thinking a lot about the Dyatlov Pass, Dyatlov, those Russian hikers that went missing. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some of the plot points here had echoes for me there. Um, but I like this. There's a Dyatlov Pass movie that's just not nearly as good. Again, I think where I'm happiest with this movie is when they're delving kind of collectively into their fear about being lost that's so terrifying i don't wait i want to see this Love past movie oh it's only not great it's only not great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's in it is anyone big in it? no it's like a red box man I, I mean maybe i it's been a few years since i've seen it now i a little i legitimately think it's called Love pass oh um and it, because it's such a crazy ass story you know mm-hmm um, and again, being lost in nature is terrifying. Uh -huh. There's sort of, yeah, I'm going to keep trying to say this thing until I can't stop saying it, which is that there's two equally terrifying movies here, and they somehow made a third terrifying movie, you know? Like, it could either be we're just lost in the woods or, and going crazy, or we're out in the forest and this witch is fucking real. And both of those things are crazy as hell and scary as hell and enough to support a movie on their own. And they went with both of those things and ended up with a really interesting 
movie that feels not fully fleshed out, but like enough to leave you grasping at and hanging on. Yeah. But that's the like, thing. I don't think this is a movie that needs to be fully fleshed out. Like having those bits and pieces of the urban legend and the lore of the Blair Witch and just having these kids you don't know that are doing a college project I think just it blends itself perfectly. We get the piece, little bits and pieces of the puzzle that don't fully like have a resolution, but you can come up with your ending in your head. There's like a couple of things that you can see from that ending. I love all of that stuff. My only, the, I guess what I keep coming back to is that the movie as it stands is a little thin. So if we take the plot that we have here, it really only supports like, an episode of the twilight zone for you know or you know it would be it would be an awesome 40 to 60 minutes with this plot or an incredible 90 minutes with just a little bit more hmm. i i it's a, a specific criticism that is not necessarily fair because the movie is quite excellent it really is pretty fucking good have you seen any of the other ones buddy i have seen both of them yes uh book of shadows is a hot mess but uh <laughs> it's still kind of fun to watch but it is not a good one no it's not good but i sort of feel maybe the way that you do about the rage carry 2 where oh no, rage carry 2 is way better dude way better no no no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't feel the, I, I misspoke. I don't feel the way you do about the Rage Carry 2. I feel the way that I do about the Rage Carry 2. Gotcha. I'm like, the energy of this movie is just like so chippy and dumb. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Let's, that's fine. I can spend 90 minutes watching these idiots, watching, you know, their footage. <laughs> uh, and then I actually, I didn't like all of the, the most recent one, but I like the fact that the main character was Heather's brother trying to go back and find out what happened to her. I don't I like care it. at all. Yeah, I mean, fine. It's a good reason for a sequel. That movie's boring and Oh, it's really it's, boring. It's terrible. Yeah. It because it it literally it really just tries to hit the same notes, but with more characters and more filmmaking. And it just doesn't Oh yeah, like I, was I was just saying that one compliment. I, that's what I like that it did. Yeah, fair that, enough. The movie's terrible. Fair enough. The first one is very, very good. I have uh, two more points that I want to make. Do it. One of them is about how people do go missing in America since it's Halloween time and we're doing spooky stuff. Have you ever seen the overlay map of missing peoples and the cave system? No. That sounds terrifying. Google it, folks. It uh, is. What is it? Just like missing missing people in America versus cave system in America. And you'll see that these two maps are one map. I'm watching Dylan's <laughs> yeah, eyes open wide in his head. Um, Creepy as fuck, right? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so... Like, and, and it's these are people that have like vanished without a trace. Yeah, like, they're completely missing. Completely no, missing. No, never found again. No body, no. They're all being eaten by cave people. They're in the caves. God, we should have done the descent. Oh, so good. Neil uh, Marsh. My last wilderness thing. Oh, because I might have murdered Mike for kicking the map into the water. I get that we're in a supernatural place and, you know. Uh-huh. But, hey, that could just be enough to send me over the edge. Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> um, if you're ever in this situation, creeks lead to rivers, rivers lead to people. You will survive. Always, especially nowadays. Back nope. then, you know, maybe in, like, the 70s, you could definitely still get lost and fucking... Uh, like venture out into more wilderness just by following some creeks, but more than likely, you're gonna hit something or someone. You'll find someone fishing. Yep, <laughs> and uh, be wary of that person because yep. you've been out there very far into the woods, and if they were willing to follow you just to play a prank, they might be crazy. Mm -hmm. 
So says one of the guys from the Blair Witch Project. Dylan, do you want to play some games? Let's play a game. Let's play the opening weekend box office over under game. Oh, okay. Okay, so the way this works vaguely is I'm going to give you a movie uh, and we're going to compare the box office total from the same weekend that uh, the Blair Witch Project opened, which was July 14th, 1999. Ooh, all right. And you're going to tell me if this movie made more money or less money than the Blair Witch Project that very weekend. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's start with the other big opener that weekend, Lake Placid. Under. Over, baby. Really? It, Hell yeah. It made more money? Yeah. Yeah, Lake... Um, to, to ground this a little bit, uh, the Blair Witch Project opened at number 16 when it went wide. You know, it, it platformed. Okay. It, you know, it did like two, you know, uh, two theaters in New York or whatever, and then uh, went to like 3,000 theaters on July 14th. Gotcha. So let's see. How about The Mummy still in theaters from opening earlier in the summer? Well, how much earlier did it open? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Actually, I do have it in front of me. Because that would, it could have held steady because The Mummy was a massive box office. The Mummy is in its uh, 11th week. It's definitely under. It's it's died down from there. It's under. Yeah. How about Muppets from Space? Big kids movie during the time of like the horror movie. I'm going to say it probably did really well. It's over. Yeah. Over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about American Pie? Oh, crazy over. Big Daddy? Uh, probably crazy over. What about Wild Wild West? Crazy over. The Matrix? Crazy over. At this point, it's under, buddy. Sorry. Oh, oh, because of the how long had it been out? Uh, let me take a look here. It's several weeks at this point. I think that was like a May, right? Yeah, probably. Do, 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 do. Might even been like March. I think it was like March. You know what? You might be right because that first was like weren't... March tenth or something. March tenth, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, just a few more. How about Eyes Wide Shut? Open that weekend. Um, March thirty first for the Matrix. Close though. Yeah, uh, good, good shout, man. Yeah. Um. Ooh, Eyes Wide Shut. I don't think that was a big box office success, but I'm going to have to say it was... How long had it been out? Opened that weekend. Oh. Opened against the Blair Witch Project. Who do you think did better? Stanley Kubrick or... Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut, over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How about the South Park guys? Uh... Did they boot the Blair Witch Project? No. They did. They did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So did Notting Hill. And uh, I'm going to round some out so we can wrap up this game. The Wood was also over. On the underside, Run Lola Run, Buena Vista Social Club, 10 Things I Hate About You, Analyze This Election, Cruel Intentions, and The Rage, Carry Ooh, 2. Love it. The Rage, Carry 2, at that point in the box office, was like the least lucrative money that was not pornography or the least lucrative film in theaters that was not an adult film. Sounds about right. Yeah. Do you want to play another game? He said sure. in the Jigsaw voice. Let's do it. Okay, this game is called Linda Blair, in honor of the Blair Witch Project. These next two games are for the Blair Witch Project, obviously. It's Linda Blair, Blair Underwood, or both. I'm going to name a movie. You have to tell me if it's Linda Blair, Blair Underwood, or both that stars in that film. Are you ready? Yes. I just, 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 uh, those are two polar opposites of people. <laughs> so I'm going to have to say they have never been in a movie together. You don't know. It could be both. Both okay. could be an answer. Okay. <laughs> it's an Go. option. You... How about Posse? Uh, Blair Underwood. Set it off. Blair Underwood. Gattaca. Blair Underwood? Deep Impact. Blair Underwood. <laughs> Rule, why are you laughing, Dylan? 
Okay, rules, keep going. Rules of engagement. Blair Underwood. The Exorcist. Linda Blair. Yay. Okay, <laughs> one last game. <clears throat> I think we might have played this one with you uh, during a previous. I don't know if you were on that one. Anyways, we're going to play Witch Hunt. Are you ready for Witch Hunt? Yes, I don't remember playing it. Okay. Uh, this is a game in which I'm going to name a movie and you're going to tell me which hunt was in it. Was it Linda Hunt, Helen Hunt, or Bonnie Hunt? Linda Hunt, Helen Hunt, or Bonnie Hunt? Let me just look up who Linda Hunt is. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. Okay. Kindergarten cop. Number one. (laughs) Well, number one, kindergarten cop. Do I even need to say? <laughs> okay, what about Soul Surfer? That's Helen Hunt. That's Helen Hunt. That's her directorial debut, I believe. Oh, no, that she made a different one about surfing that she directed. But Soul Surfer is the one, the true story about the one-armed surfer that got her arm bit off by a shark. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Return to Me? Return to Me, that's David Duchovny. <laughs> yeah. And Mini Driver? Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I vaguely remember this movie. I'm going to have to say it's uh, Linda Hunt. It's Bonnie Hunt. It's Bonnie Hunt, okay. Who also wrote and directed that one. Oh, really? She did. Oh, very nice. I love Bonnie Hunt. Okay, speaking of Dune, which one of these ladies was in Dune 1984? Um, David Lynch's Helen Hunt, and it's definitely not Bonnie Hunt, so it's got to be Linda Hunt. Well, by process of elimination, <laughs> do you remember which of them was in Solo, a Star Wars story? Linda, it is Linda. Uh huh. She was like Captain something or whatever. Dylan, have you seen Rain Man? Yes. Which hunt is it? Rain Man is Linda. Bonnie. Bonnie. I don't remember Bonnie in it, actually. Okay, how about Trancers? Trancers? Yep, I said Trancers. That sounds made up. (laughs) It's a real movie. Um, I'm gonna just say Helen. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. okay but... cool. I've never heard of that fucking movie in my life. Then Dylan, this is going to throw you for a loop. Who's in Trancers 2? Please tell me it's not Helen Hunt, but it's Bonnie and Linda Hunt. <laughs> uh, would you be shocked to learn that Trancers 3 was the last time Helen Hunt appeared in the Trancers series? Interesting. Interesting. So what was that? Probably late 80s? Uh, they ran through the night, dude. They ran into the nineties, and the last, at least the last one, was like a made-for-TV, and she's very clearly being held at gunpoint by her agent. It's just like because in the nineties she started becoming a, a big actor. She yeah, this is post the movies, movies. Yeah, man, the last one is after a few big credits. Um, Transfers three was her last one. The last that she appeared in the series. I get the impression they kept making those movies. A time cop is sent back to the 23rd century to finish his battle against zombie-like beings called Trancers with the help of his wife and an ex-con. <laughs> Wait, is his wife an ex-con? I need an oxygen No, no, no. It says with the help of his wife and an ex-con. Ah. Ah. Yeah. What about Bob Roberts? Bob Roberts. I can't put a face to. Oh, oh, oh! That's Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tim Robbins wrote and directed that one. Um, that one's gonna be Bonnie. Helen. Helen. What about Dave? Helen, you fooled me. <laughs> what about Dave? The Kevin Klein movie, Dave. The, the president. Uh, body swap stand-in double movie 
<laughs> when you put it that way. Yeah, you know. You remember those that movie, right? Um, and isn't um, Sigourney in that one too? I feel like I watched that not too long ago. I remember ago. Sigourney. Yeah, I'm trying to think which hunt is in it. Which hunt is it? Which hunt? Which hunt is in it? Um, it's not Helen. It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. Cool. She's a, a tour guide at the White House. Are you a fan of Random Hearts? No, sir. You don't I like have... that movie? No way. That's a terrible movie. I remember renting that as a kid, and I was like, oh, this movie's dumb. Sydney I just Pollock. sort of, yeah, oh, I, I associate you with Sidney Pollock, so I assume it's your favorite film. No, no, no. And <laughs> Sidney Pollock hates that movie. Yeah. I heard a story one time from a uh, fuck I can't remember what I heard where I heard it but someone that used to do uh uh recording commentaries for movies for Warner Brothers mm-hmm. uh said Sidney Pollock showed up the day after Random Hearts opening to record his commentary and was just fucking beat to shit because the everyone hated that movie so much so he didn't even want to record a commentary but still ended up doing it poor guy yeah poor guy (laughs) they were just like this is one of the worst movies ever made it's so dumb it's so cheesy which it absolutely is it's ridiculous Hmm. well on to brighter notes we should talk about why'd you bring up random hearts oh because one of these hunts is in it did we not just establish that already it's bonnie i remember (laughs) that (laughs) yeah i hope so yeah yeah, yeah. you had Uh, a lot to say about it how about project x which hunt is in it project x like that party movie no no not the recent one i'm thinking of the 80s one that also stars a chimpanzee marcy x (laughs) <laughs> with Lisa Kudrow and Damon Wayans. <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. I'm actually talking about Project X. What did you say? Marcy X? Google Marcy X, dude. M-R-C-I. <laughs> Marcy X. Oh, well, really wishing this was not made in the year 2003. I know, it just missed the cut. Wow. Well, tune into our Patreon for our Marcy X episode. Uh, no, I don't think I've seen Project X, so I'm going to take a guess and say Linda Hunt. Buddy, it's Helen. Helen, you're fucking with me. Helen and Matthew Broderick got to teach chimps to fly drones because of radiation or some shit. Uh-oh. Have you ever seen Every Day? Not ringing a bell. Yeah, Helen Hunt is in it. I've never seen it. What about Loggerheads? No, but I want to see a movie called Loggerheads. It's an indie movie about turtles. <laughs> gonna say Helen. Bonnie. Bonnie, fuck. Yeah, you're pulling some random movies here that seem like straight to Redbox movies. <laughs> last one, last one. Kiss of Death, 1995. Um, that's not the one is it is that the one no you said it's the 90s yep 1995 not the the one one they made in 1947 before people were born it was the 40s i was gonna say that i i'm thinking of the one from like the 50s but uh i have no idea it is helen hunt and i'm legitimately pitching this movie let me tell you about the rest of this cast are you ready yes i'm ready david caruso Oh, shit. Plus Nick Cage. Yes. We get a Catherine Herb. Is it Herb or Herbie? Uh, Anyways. Herbe. Herbe. Okay. Like that. <laughs> Buddy, there's a Sam Jack in this movie. Uh, Sam My- Jack. <laughs> Michael Rappaport shows up. God damn. Philip Baker fucking Hall. Classic. Ving Rames. And you know what? Just a little touch of the tooch. You get a little toochy in it. You better believe there's a little toochy in there. I do do recognize this cover. Yeah, it feels like a video store. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Single white female. The guy that made that made this. Right. <laughs> and Murder by Numbers. He also made Murder by Numbers. I kind of like Murder by Numbers. I do too. I do too. Um, so back to Random Hearts. Um, <laughs> That's uh, been our episode on Random Hearts. <laughs> do you have anything else on the Blair Witch Project? I do not, sir. I think it's good. You know what? Good movie. Great movie.